Welcome to the broadcast of the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, where Daryl Jackson is our pastor. We're located at 2440 Atlas Road in Columbia, South Carolina, and we're glad you've tuned in. We pray that today's message is a blessing to you. If you desire prayer, our ministers are available to pray with you. Give us a call at 803-776-1238 or call us toll-free at 1-888-776-1238. Today, Associate Pastor Alva Lawson shares a message for our annual Men's Day celebration titled, A Certain Man's Expectation. pleasure and honor to present this speaker. I told Elder Jeff, I said, I'm talking as much as I would have if I would have preached this morning. <laughs> but it is good to be here and good to introduce the speaker. I wanted to do this this morning. I wanted to present this man of God. Once again, this is a special year. So when we thought about who we could have to bless us on this men's day. God says, don't call for somebody who would only come for a check. Don't call for somebody who does this as their business. But find somebody who this is their advocation, not just their vocation, okay? Find somebody who cares about the people they're preaching to find another faithful builder. And like Deacon Albert Simmons, Pastor Alva Lawson is a faithful, faithful. I'll use that word again, faithful builder. If there's one thing that I've come to realize is that I would rather surround myself with people who are faithful and committed to the Lord than people who are even more gifted but not faithful. Pastor Lawson has done it all as it relates to Bible Way, men's ministry, from president of men's ministry to deacon, minister, elder, associate pastor. Now he serves as a senior associate pastor. Many of you he's counseled. He's married your children. He's helped perform the eulogy over our loved ones. And he did it understanding his role. He did it never thinking, I want to be where Pastor Jackson is. His goal was to hold Pastor Jackson's hands up so that we all can do more. And I say thank you. Thank you. And then I want to honor the wife of Pastor Alva Lawson. I know she's going to get mad at me. She doesn't like attention. But where's Sister Pat? Somewhere in the audience. Wave your hands, Pat, wherever you are. All the way towards the back. Stand, Pat. Stand. What a beautiful. And if his children are here, the family of Pastor Lawson, anywhere in the audience, just stand. Just stand. Because the sacrifices this man had to make to make sure that the ministry goes on is something that we'll never forget. So after the next song by the choir, the next voice you will hear will be that 
of our Diamond Jubilee Men's Month speaker, none other than our very own associate pastor, Alva Lawson, all the way from Beaufort, Low Country, South Carolina. By the way, stand to your feet, everybody. Stand to your feet. Clap those hands. Give God a hand of praise for Pastor Lawson. God bless you. Today, as we celebrate our Diamond Jubilee, amen, to consecrate, to elevate, and to celebrate on this men's day. Thank God for Deacon Albert Simmons, worthy of the award, worthy of the award. We served as deacons together, and Lord, I thank God for him because at that time, the deacons were responsible for the devotional service, and the deacons had to sing, and I couldn't hold a note for nothing. And I would wait, where is Deacon Simmons? Where is Bishop Dwight? Because they would always lead the songs, and when I saw them walk through the door, I was somewhat relieved. And so thank you, Deacon Simmons, for always being there while we were serving along one another as deacons. And so as we go into our word on this morning, let us have a word of prayer. Gracious God, our Father, if you stand to your feet. God, we bless you this morning. We thank you for this men's day on this day. Bless us now, God, because we come with an expectation to hear from you. God, let us receive the unexpected. But God, that you would bless us right now, dear God. God, I pray, God, for every soul will be blessed. God, every hearer of your word, God. Give them what they need, dear God. And God, we thank you right now for the anointing, God. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke, God. Move by your spirit. In Jesus' name, we pray and give thanks. Amen. Amen. While you're still yet standing briefly, our scripture text this morning will be taken from Acts, the third chapter, verses 1 through 8. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And Pastor Jackson and I told the congregation this morning, you and Bishop Dwight stepped all over my message. I had to go back and pull something else out. Because you started talking about Peter before Pentecost. You talked about Peter after Pentecost. And then Bishop Dwight came, and he talked about Peter after Pentecost. And I said, Lord, what am I going to do? My wife asked him, what are you going to do now? I said, I'm going to preach what God gave me. Amen. So faith comes by hearing. And no matter how many times you hear the word of God, there's always a golden nugget in the word of God that God can bless us with. And so, But if you come with an expectation, if you come with your mindset on Jesus, then you will receive a word, you will receive what God has for you. And so Acts, the third chapter, reading from the New King James Version, beginning at verse number one. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temples, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us, or look on us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something. 
expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, and he lifted him up, and immediately and suddenly his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Walking, leaping, and praising God. I'm ready to walk. I'm ready to leap. I'm ready to praise God. I'm not hindered by what I'm wearing, but I'm ready to go. And I'm ready to praise God. Hallelujah. Our sermon topic is taken from two verses of our text this morning. That being verses number two and number five. And it reads, and a certain man, a certain man in verse number five. So he gave them his attention, expecting our men's day sermon topic. A certain man's expectation. A certain man's expectations. Amen. As we look at our text and our topic on this morning, women, I want you to know I, 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 God gave me this message with the men in mind. Because this men's day at Bible Way. And this is our Jubilee year, so we got to talk about men. We have to give them something that will encourage them as a man of God, as a husband, as a wife, as a brother. We want to feed into their lives. But oh, hold on, sisters. I think you're going to like what I share on this morning. I have something for them, and I have something for you. Because I, I'm quite sure you want your man to be all that God has called them to be. A man that's faithful. I said a man that's faithful. A man that loves his wife. A man that leaves. A man that rules and dominates here on the eight, on the earth. As we all know, the husband is the head of the wife. As Christ is the head of the church. But we have to understand and know with the head comes responsibility. As Christ died for the church. How many men are willing to die for their wives? How many men are willing to die for their family? Genesis 1 and 26, it states that God made man in his image. In the image of God, he made him male and female. He created them. He created man to have rule and reign to dominate the earth. He made man to reflect his image here on the earth. He raised man to raise a godly heritage. He raised man to rule and to reign in spiritual wickedness. He made man to lead and to guide. It's Men's Day here at Bible Way. There is an expectation that God has of all men. As a man of God, we are to reflect his image, as I said. And God has these high expectations. We ought to be the best that we can be. In order to be the best that we can be, we have to have the power of the Holy Ghost operating in our lives. Operate so that we may have the boldness. Operate that we can go places that we've never experienced before. Operate that we may see into the spiritual realm to see things that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. Be able 
to rule and to reign here in the earth. Somebody say amen. amen. For a man with expectation is a man with a vision. I say a man with expectation is a man with a vision. And a man with a vision leads his family to prosperity naturally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. A man with an expectation leads his family. On this day, as we celebrate our 60-year diamond jewelry, jubilee anniversary with the theme, Consecrate, Elevate, and Celebrate. We are currently in phase two of our theme, which is to elevate. Elevate means to take it to the next level, to take it higher. Expectations are higher. Have the expectation to do something that has never been done before. Because where much is given, much is required. We are required as an individual to do more. We are required as a church, as a ministry, to do more. Expectation, if I were to define it, would be expectation is having confidence that a future event will happen based upon what has been consistently observed in the past. Expectation, a confidence that a future event will happen based upon what has been consistently observed in the past. And I use the analogy on this morning. I used to sit right there on that front pew, right there every Sunday morning, 8 o'clock, 11 o'clock, Tuesday night. I'm usually right consistently. I'm not saying every time, every Sunday, every service, but consistently you can say, Pastor Lawson is usually here. And based, and based on him being consistent, I can expect him next Sunday to be there. You follow me where I'm going? It's based on past performance. And now there are those that sit on the front pew. You can't tell whether they're going to be here today or next year. And that may be a bad, that may be a bad thing. But we have an expectation. It can be positive and it can be negative. And whenever we come to church, we, have, we ought to have an expectation. To hear from God, we ought to have an expectation as we come through the door. To enter from the natural and go into the supernatural and hear the things of God and receive what God has for us. Many times we miss God because we're operating still in the natural when we come through the door. Sister Regina comes up and she does praise and worship to bring us into the spirit of God. To take us behind the curtains. To take us into the holies of holies and to be in that secret place in God and to hear what thus says the Lord. But oftentimes because we are hung up with the natural and to be entertained, we don't receive what God has for us. There, 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 there come a time that we need to go beyond the veil and get into the very presence of God. And in his, in his presence, in his presence, there is a fullness of joy. In his presence, there is peace forevermore. In his presence there is healing. Whatever you need is in the presence of God. So let us come through the doors with an expectation to get into the presence of God. I don't know about you, but I want to be in the presence of God. Our expectation needs to be elevated to the supernatural move of God. We should expect a great move of God. To see and hear things that we've never, ever 
experienced before. 1 Corinthians 2 and 14 says, But the natural man, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And we often come and we say, Anyway you bless me, Lord, I will be satisfied. In any way you bless me. Now you know that's not the truth. You know that is not the truth. It's not any way you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied because oftentimes we don't want God's wills in our life. We want our will, Lord, let our will be done. What is it that you need from God? Make your request known unto him. Because any way you bless me, Lord, may not change your situation or condition. Any way you bless me, Lord, may not change your situation or your condition. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. You're pushing me now. You're pushing, you're pushing me. I need, I need to get through this now. But when God doesn't meet our expectations, we become faithless. We must learn to receive what wasn't expected. You are saying, bless me, Lord, anyway. But what is the Holy Spirit saying? What is the Holy Spirit saying? Let us look at the historical context of the text on this morning. It was this Peter, the after Pentecost Peter, Pastor. It was this Peter that's now bold as a lion. The, this, the same Peter that had denied Jesus Christ before Pentecost, the same Peter that, that told him, Lord, I'll be with you through thick and thin. I, I'll never deny you. But when the young lady came to him, he said, what are you talking about? I don't even know the man. You don't know the man? No, I don't even know the man. I want nothing to do with him. But all after Pentecost, after he got filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say Holy Ghost. We, we like to be polite and say Holy Spirit. But when he got filled with the Holy Ghost, if anybody ought to be afraid of the Holy Ghost, it should be the devil and not the saints of God. And so this same Peter, after Pentecost, when they were up in the upper room, where the Spirit of God came through like a rushing mighty wind. And they came down and they were praising God and they were dancing in the street. They were still celebrating God, speaking in tongues. They were at the after party. They had it still going on. They were so excited about what's going on, they asked themselves, what does this mean? They probably pinched themselves. Are we living in this world or are we in heaven? But it was a great thing that was going on. As they came down from the upper room, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they were all amazed and perplexed, saying one to another, well, who, whatever could this mean? And others mocked them and said, they are full of new wine. But Peter, this same Peter, after Pentecost Peter, Standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be 
known to you and heed my words. For, those, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, there will be those that will speak in new tongues. There will be those that will prophesy in the last day. But in this morning's text, Acts chapter 3, in our text this morning, Luke the physician, Luke the doctor, is the author. Dr. McFadden would tell you that as a doctor or physician, they are very detailed in their, in their work. I would go to the doctor, probably going to the doctor for the last six, seven, eight years. But every time I would go, the nurse would come in or the doctor would come in, what's your name? I'm like, I've been coming to you for the last 10 years and you don't know who I am yet? What's up with that? When is your birthday? Come on, what's up with that? Where do you live? What's your address? Come on, what's up with that? But it came to my mind as they asked the question, they had a chart. And so the answer had to coordinate with the information that was on the chart to ensure that you are who you say you are. Amen, somebody. You guys, y'all still with me? Y'all not in the pocket lot, are you? You're still with me. You got, you got to be for real. And so we see in this, in, in, in this text, we want to make sure of who we are. We want to make sure that God knows us and we know God. The man in the text was called a certain man in verse number two. Certain. What does this mean? He was being specific but not explicitly named or stated. Specific as to who he was, but he was not identified by his name. Catch this. But instead, he was identified in our text in three different ways. First, he was identified by his condition. Second, he was identified by his association. And thirdly, he was identified by his occupation or his profession. And Luke, the physician, diagnosed this man's condition as lame and from his mother's womb. Not a name, but a condition, association, and his profession. He, this certain man, could have been named Henry, John, Timothy, Simon, Daryl, Harold, Jeff. Very common names that could have been easily mistaken for somebody else. And Luke began, being the, de the detailed physician that he was, didn't want to confuse his records, as I stated earlier, and diagnosis with anyone else's. Because when God works a miracle, I say when God works a miracle, he doesn't want, to, he doesn't want there to be any mistaken identity. His condition... Each of us can identify with this certain lame man condition. His condition was diagnosed as being lame. Being lame means unable to walk or to do for himself. We would label this certain man as disabled, handicapped, or a special need individual. We too are sometimes identified by our condition or illness, whereas we just can't help ourselves. 
Conditions such as an alcoholic, a gambler, a womanizer, lazy, a drug addict, hateful, resentful, backbiter, nasty, messy, unfaithful, inconsistent. Oh, I could go on and on and on. But I believe, I believe that I'm down your street down there somewhere. We all, we all are lame somewhere. There are things in our lives that we just can't help it. We can't help ourselves. But the Bible says in Romans 3 and 23, for all have sinned. And all have come short of the glory of God. Be careful how you name someone. Because what they're going through, you may find yourself going through some of the same things. Some of us are very good at hiding or camouflaging the symptoms as to not get diagnosed with the real problem. You know how we cover up. But sooner or later, what's on the inside will surely come out on the outside. Sooner or later, you will be exposed. There's an appetite on the inside of you that has to be fed. And it will not, cannot be satisfied until it is fed. You are what is called in the medical field is symptomatic because you, you show no symptoms, but you have the disease condition. You show no symptoms when you come to church. You show no symptoms when you report to work. You show no symptoms at the family reunions, but it doesn't change the fact that you have this lame condition. You need to get treated. You need to get an antibiotic. You need the shot of the Holy Ghost. Somebody shot Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost, Jennifer. You need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. Deacons, you need the Holy Ghost. Elders, you need the Holy Ghost. Ushers, you need the Holy Ghost. Even the, even the brothers in the parking lot, you need the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost will make you live right and act right and talk right. Treat people right. And old folks will say, you need a good dose. Hallelujah. His condition originated in his mother's womb. It was stated that this condition of being lame was conceived in his mother's womb. It wasn't anything that he did that caused this condition. It wasn't anything that you did or caused your condition. It didn't happen because of an accident or illness. He was born that way. Look at your neighbor and tell them, it's not your fault, baby. It's not your fault. Psalms 51 and 5 says, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity and in sin. My mother conceived me. Jeremiah 1 and 5 said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. There was a conversation. I believe, I believe in my, my imagination, in my Holy Ghost imagination. There was, a, there was a conversation with the Lord. And Jeremiah said, you're going to be born. And even before you're conceived in your mother's womb, you're going to be born because I'm going to shape you and I'm going to mold you. And you're going to come out lame. But after 40 years, and the greater... The lameness, the greater his victory. But after 40 years, I'm going to send Peter and I'm going to send John. And you're going to be at the temple gate, the gate called Beautiful. And they're going to lay hands upon you. And you're going to be healed and you're going to get up and you're going to jump and you're going to shout. And you're going to walk, but it's going to happen after 40 years. You've got to, you're not a mistake or an accident, you are unique. You may look different, but fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Embrace who, embrace who you are. I'm not trying to be anybody else, Pastor. I'm not trying. I don't want to be Pastor Jackson, Pastor Mac. I don't want to be anybody else. I'm, I'm content with who I am. I'm content with who I am. Because I am fearfully and I'm wonderfully made by God. Look at me. 
Ain't I'm, a, ain't I'm wonderful? I know. Who, I, I, I thank God for me. I, th- I thank God for me because I'm unique. There is nobody else on God's green earth that can do what I do. Nobody else can do it like I do it. And so you just be you, like Uncle Joe said, you be you, and I'll be me. And so be content with who you are because God had a hand in forming and creating you before your mom and your daddy even got together. God already had a plan for your life. God was going to bring it forth as he did with this lame man after 40 years. It's, it's going to be all right. You may have to depend upon somebody else. But if you just wait, if you just wait, you just trust me. Your miracle is on. God is saying to somebody this morning, your miracle is on the way. Hallelujah. You came not expecting one. But God got a miracle for you on this morning. Just open your hands and say, Lord, I receive. Can somebody say, Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. My time, my time is running out. Many this morning are living in their purpose. But your success in your purpose is not where God intends to you. God has purposed you to arrive at your preordained destiny. For you see, your purpose is the vehicle that takes you to your destiny. I used the example on this moment. I woke up and I knew I was coming to church. God blessed us. We had two cars in the garage. I had a choice of which one I wanted to drive. And they both served the purpose to get me from point A to point B. So I took my car and I drove. And I came here to 2440 Atlas Road. And it, because my car, it served the purpose. I expected it to get me here. Because I took care of it. I do the maintenance. I put it in the shop. So I had an expectation that I would arrive at 2440 Atlas Road. And if I had my GPS turned on, it would say, you have arrived at your destination. Hallelujah, somebody. You have arrived. Your purpose takes you to your destination. And when your purpose and your destination or destiny hook up and connect up, miracles can happen. I say when your purpose connects with your destination, miracles can happen. To everything there's a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. As we look at this man, his condition, his association, as I briefly go through this, his association was with the brothers. And it kind of reminded me of the brothers of the Byway Church of Atlas Road, Pastor Jackson. This brother had somebody to come by every morning to pick him up, to take him to the temple, to beg for money. It reminds me of the brothers of the Bible Church of Atlas Road when they see a brother that's down and they reach down and they pick him up. It reminds me of Elder Terry Thomas and Brother Larry. It reminds me when Elder Thomas met Elder Larry Lawrence at Kirkland Correctional Institute when he was in the commissary. And Larry wasn't there shopping. He was an inmate. He had a a number. He didn't have a name. He had a number. They didn't didn't call 
his name. They called his number. And he had to answer to the number, not his name. Oh, but when Terry got through with him and witnessing to him, once he got released, this, this is what men's ministry would do for you. Brother Johnny Frazier, when he was out, when he was homeless, and when he went to the Providence home, how God picked him up, turned him around, and look at him now. Many other examples, because when Larry Lawrence got out, the first place he came was 2440 Atlas Road. He came hopping and jumping and skipping, and he hadn't been back to prison ever since then. Oh, he goes back to the prison, but he goes to conduct Bible study. He goes to conduct prayer meeting. That's Elder Larry Lamas. He went to a place that he didn't want to go. He went to a place that he didn't want to be there. But oh my God, oh my God, when you least expect it, God will move in your situation. Because when purpose meets destiny, miracles can happen. The Bible said, be not drunk with wine, we're in excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. I may not be, so you may associate me with being in church all the time, but that's all right. If I'm going to be associated with anybody that's drunk, let me be drunk in the spirit. Hallelujah. Because real men, it's men day. Because real men are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it is the power of God unto salvation. Will all the real men please stand up if you're not ashamed? I said, if you're, if you're not ashamed, will all the real men stand up? Real men love Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We celebrate you. We celebrate you. We celebrate all of our men on today. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And women, this is for you. Can I take my time and teach this morning? Let all the women in the house in the virtual audience shout, teach Pastor Lawson, teach. Say it again. Say it like you mean it. Say it like you mean it. I'm going to teach, Pastor. I, I told you I had something for you. Women need to stop being babysitters. Come on, brothers. Come on now. Don't get on me. But women need to stop being babysitters for all the grown men in your lives. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, man. Grow up. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. You are not a child anymore. It's time to put away your toys and be a man. I said it's time to put away your toys and to be a man. Man, where are you? You say you are the man, but your wife is looking for you. She is looking for you to be the man. And your children are looking for you also. Come out from among your stuff. When they wanted to anoint the next king of Israel, they looked for the king to be Saul, but he was afraid of his responsibilities and duties. 
And they asked, where is this man? And they said, and God directed them, he was found among his stuff. Put away the video games. Come on out from among your stuff. You be the man that God has called you to be. Stop hiding from your responsibility. God has called you. You can't outrun God. You can't outbox God. God has a call upon your life. Take ownership of God's given responsibilities. Be a faithful husband and a devoted father. Lastly, his profession. He was identified as a beggar. I would like to say that he was a professional beggar because he was good at what he did. He had the brothers to come by every morning. He had the gift of persuasion. He had the brothers to come by every morning to pick him up, to take him to the church, to put him in his prized position where all the influential givers would come, where the deacons would come and where the bishops would come, where the archbishop would come, and where the apostles would come, and they would give him money. And so he was professional at what he does. He was professional. He was good at begging. You do what you got to do. Ain't no shame in my game. You can't just sit down and do nothing. You got to do what you got to do to take care of your family, to put food on the table. And I don't care if you got to put four or five pieces of job together just to make ends meet. You should not be, oh my, I'm, I'm getting in trouble. You should not be sitting up in the house playing your video games while your wife or your girlfriend is going out to work. Whatever you got to do, whatever you got to do, because it may be a small beginning, but my Bible says do not despise small beginnings. I remember Bishop Jackson. I remember this ministry, small beginning. Very common people, maybe ignorant and unlearned, but they were smart in the Holy Ghost. They were bold in the Holy Ghost. We started as a small ministry, but we didn't despise what we started out to be. But look at us now. I can hear the words of Bishop Jackson right now as I stand here. I told you so. I told you what God was going to do. And God has did it. Are you ready for great expectation for the Lord? Are you anticipating in this year of jubilee of all that God is going to do? Let us transition to the text on this morning, and I'll be out of your way on this day. But we thank God for ministry. We thank God for the diamond jubilee. We thank God for Elder Jeff Scott and all that they're doing. As we look at the text on this morning, here we are, we find that Peter and John were on their way to the temple at the hour of prayer. It's something when men get together and when men pray, heaven moves, amen? When a man prays, things happen. And so they were coming to go to the prayer meeting at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And then this lame man, they said, this certain man, who was lame, he saw Peter and John about to enter in, and he called 
Peter and John. And I believe this is what he said. He said, hey, bruh, you got a little something, something for the brother. Huh? You got a little something, something for me. This has been his normal routine for the last 35 or 40 years. He would come, he had an expectation that when he begged, he would receive. But Peter and John said, look at us. Look on me. And the man gave him his attention. And he looked at them with an expectation to receive from them. But Peter and John said, silver and gold, have I none? I can see the disappointment on this man's face because he had been coming for years and years and years and years and nobody had ever turned him down. He didn't come expecting a miracle. He didn't come expecting to walk. Peter and John didn't come to work a miracle. The only they came for was to go to the prayer meeting. But the man, had a, he had a need that God was going to meet. Peter said unto him, silver and gold, have I none? But such as I have in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. He not only commanded him, he had to fight. Amen. Every demonic spirit that was trying to prevent him, trying to not to move by the spirit of God. But I believe that I believe that he had an unction from the Holy Ghost. Speak this word. I command you in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. As we go through our as we go to our three key insights. I want to share this with you, then we'll be out of the way. Three key insights on this morning, this men's day at Bible Way. First insight number one. Elevation. We're in the phase of elevation. Elevation of expectation. In order to experience an elevation of expectation, there must first be a shifting of expectations. A shift away from what we once expected from man to what we can now expect from God. God's ability will always exceed our expectations. God's ability will always exceed our expectations. Psalms 146 and 3 says, put not your trust or confidence in a man. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, unto him that is able to do, it, to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works on the inside. It's all according to the power on the inside. It's all according to the anointing of God. It's all according to the Holy Ghost that's on the inside that we release our expectations. We ought to shift our expectation from man unto God. Psalm 62 and 5. My soul, wait only upon God for my expectation is from him. My soul only is from God and I wait upon him. We are to be able to shift from our dependency from man to God. God will never fail us. God will never let us down. He is our refuge and strength. He is the very 
present here for us in our, in our time of need. He is always there. You can't make me doubt him. You can't. Because I know too much about him. Have you tried Jesus? Have you tried Jesus? He'll come to your rescue. He may not be there where you think he should be there, but he'll always be right there on time. Whatever it is that you're going through, we have a God that's very present in our time of need. When we're in trouble, we take him with us. He is in trouble. He will bring us out of trouble. Key insight number two. Elevation of faith to conquer fear and intimidation. Facing what has never been done before doesn't mean that it can't be done now. Just because it hasn't been done before doesn't mean that it can't be done now. With God, all things are possible. Now, as I read and I studied, I studied this past. I, I went back and, and, and I studied this. I'm saying, Lord, it seems like sometimes God just passes us by. It seems as if God passes us by to get to somebody else. They receive their blessing. They receive that job. They receive their healing. It seems as, as if after 10 years, after 20 years, people all around me see it as if they're they're being blessed and God just passes me by. Why does God pass me by? There's a purpose for what you're going through. We speak with boldness and authority to conquer what seems impossible. This man had been coming and I'm going to say 40 years, but when he became a dog, probably he's been coming 20, 25 years every day going through the temple. And guess who was in the temple? Jesus was on the earth for 33 years. And so they had to cross paths. They had to have crossed paths because Jesus went to the temple. And the Bible said he healed the man that was lame. And he healed the blind that was in the temple. He healed them. The woman with the issue of blood, he healed her. But he would pass this man. And they went through the gate called Beautiful. He had to pass him to get into the temple. So there was, there was no expectation of this man to be healed. There was no expectation by Peter and John to perform a miracle. It was, it was daunting. It was intimidating when something that has never been done before and now God calls you to do it. It takes an unction of the Holy Ghost. It takes the anointing of the Holy Ghost to give you boldness to go someplace that even Jesus had even went yet. Because it doesn't, the Bible doesn't say that Jesus healed a man that was lame before he was born. But Peter healed the man. Peter was the one that did something that Jesus did not do. Not that he couldn't do it, but something that Jesus did not do. God used Peter to do it. He wasn't intimidated because the before Peter, the before Pentecost Peter, would have said, you're right. 
we can't do this because it hadn't been done before. We can't do this because Jesus never did it, so we can't do it. The Bible said we will do greater works than what he's done. Do we accept doing something greater than what he's done? He has given us power. He has given us authority. We can declare, we can decree a thing and we can believe it. And we believe even though we don't see because we walk by faith and not by, by sight. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So, But we have an unction of the Holy Ghost to speak and obey the command as he spoke to this man. Silver and gold have we none. But such as we have in the name of Jesus. Get up. God is saying to you this morning, you need to get up. Get up. And if you have a problem, if you find yourself you can't get up, we have brothers here that reach down and give you a hand up. We are brothers keeper. Irons chopping iron. Get up and walk. And as Peter reached down and he touched his hand, I can, I, I, I can sense the anointing flowing through Peter. And the bones in his feet and the bones in his ankle became strengthened. And he jumped up and he leaped and he ran. He began to praise God because he came not expecting a miracle. Maybe you came today not expecting a miracle. But God wants to bless you. You still got to get up. You still got to get off that pew. If you want that miracle, you, you came not expecting anything from God. But just to come and hear these brothers sing, just to praise God. But God said, you don't have to leave here without your blessing. You don't have to leave here without your miracle. As you stand to your feet on this morning, I'm, I'm about to close. God elevates our faith to conquer fear and intimidation. That which seems to be impossible. I have an expectation. I have faith that I can do this. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. God, I need to be changed from the inside out. God, you know the diagnosis. God, you have the antidote. God, touch me, Lord. God, heal me, Lord, because I don't want to do the same thing that I've done for 40 years. I don't want to be the same person that I was for 40 years. Change me, Lord. Change me, Lord. Create in me a clean heart and a right spirit. Change me, Lord. Lord, I want to be changed. Change me, Lord. Key insight number three as we're about to close. Elevation of hope over disappointments. At the very moment of failed expectations, disappointment sets in and God immediately gives us hope that greater is coming. At the very moment disappointment sets in, God immediately the bones in this man's feet suddenly and immediately it wasn't a process because we know healing is a process it, it wasn't a process it was a miracle 
then we don't have to go through the process. Oftentimes we are told it's a process. And, 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 and we got to go through the process. Most of the time we don't want to go through the process. There are times the doctor said, well, you know, that rotator cuff is bothering you. But before we do surgery, we want to give you shot after shot after shot. It's a process. And all the while, you still experience the pain in the process. You with me? You with me? You, 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 even though you get the shot, you're Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. I hear you. If anybody needs to come to the altar, you need to come now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If there's anybody that needs to come, you need to come now. God is in the place he wants to heal. He wants to deliver. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, everyone that comes. God, everyone, 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 everyone that comes, God. God, you move right now, dear God. Touch. Heal right now, God. Bring peace right now, dear God. Comfort right now, dear God. In the name. Hallelujah. 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 God, I thank you. God, I bless you. Ha! Glory. God, we lift you on high, God. Thank you, dear God, for giving us the unexpected, God. Thank you, dear God, for meeting our expectation, God. Thank you, dear God, because we know you're able to do more than we're able to ask or think according to the power that works in us, God. Lord, we release the power of the Holy Ghost. Release the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! At the very moment of failed expectations, disappointment set in, and God immediately gives us hope that greater is coming. What may be unexpected by man is always intentional by God. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Hallelujah. To give you peace, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. An expectation of the end. In Ecclesiastes 7 and 8, as Dr. McFadden gets prepared, you're waiting. You're like this. You're like this. You're like this lame man. You've been waiting, waiting, and waiting. But the word of God gives me now, and I'm comforted. This is for me. Ecclesiastes 7 and 8 said, Better is the end of a thing. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. It's going to be better. In the end, it's going to be better. Don't give up. The Holy Spirit is saying, don't give up. Don't let go. Your only days, hours and minutes away from your breakthrough, for your deliverance, for your miracle. You've been listening to the worship service of the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, where Daryl Jackson is our pastor. Our worship services are open to all at 2440 Atlas Road in Columbia, South Carolina, just off I-77 between Shop and Bluff Roads. We will continue to air our services here on the radio. We're also streaming live on our website at bwcar.org on Facebook at Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, and now on YouTube. Our streaming services are available live on Sundays at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. and on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. If you missed any of our services or want to watch them again, you can get them on demand on any of our social media channels. We invite you to stay in spiritual fellowship with us. To place your order for a CD or DVD of today's sermon entitled, A Certain Man's Expectation, please call us at 803 776 1238 reference sermon number 062523 again the phone number is 8037761238 sermon number 062523 join us Saturday July 22nd 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. for envisioning your purpose LLC's college and career awareness experience for students in the 8th through 12th grade this event is free and lunch will be provided for all attendees Sessions will be held here at the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. To attend, please register online at envisioningyourpurpose.org. That's envisioningyourpurpose.org. We praise God for the testimonies of those who have received Christ and now have a deeper relationship with God as a result of this ministry. To sow a financial seed into this ministry, you can give online by clicking the link on our website, bwcar.org. Or you can give right from your mobile phone by texting BWCAR and your giving amount to 73256. That's 73256. You may also mail your gift to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, Post Office Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please don't mail cash. Financial donations are being accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 noon until 6 p.m. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. At Bible Way, our mission is to know God, to love, and to serve.